Morning. How are we doing? All right, my name is Derek, and I'm one of the Skyline speakers here. I'm also part of the Skyline worship team, so thank you so much for making Skyline your home. For those that are joining us remotely, thank you so much for being here with us. We can't wait to see you in person here soon. How many of you guys have ever experienced hospitality like what Ryan shared? So a few of you, okay? Doesn't it seem like a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work. People, I mean, all that kindness, all that goodness, all that generosity, that's a lot of work. And you know what? People aren't easy. People are not easy, and relationships are not easy. Relationships are complicated, right? And hospitality is a lot of work. It's inconvenient. Sometimes it can ruin your plans, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I got to go to the grocery store, and I got to go clean the house, and I got to go do this, and then I got to go do that. And, and we get ourselves worked up about having to show hospitality. Sometimes it even invades your privacy. But you need to ask yourself, is hospitality worth it? And so since I'm talking about hospitality, what's the answer? Yes. yes, absolutely. Yes, hospitality is absolutely worth it. When you think about, okay, I want to build better relationships. I want to simplify my relationships. I want my status to go from it's complicated to simple. Well, hosp hospitality does that for you. I want you to take a look at this picture. This is my friend Earl Finch. Okay, And Earl Finch was actually one of the most popular bachelors in Hawaii. And it was because he had the gift of hospitality. And it started with him living in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Okay, <laughs> All right. And it started when he saw a Japanese GI soldier reading a menu on the side of a drugstore window. Now, if you know anything about the time around World War II, you think Japanese folks were really welcomed anywhere in that area? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Not at all. And so Earl felt compelled to speak to this gentleman. And he asked him one question. Are you hungry, son? And at first, the Japanese soldier was taken back. He was like, what is this man doing talking to me? But he also felt compelled to respond to him. And he said, yes, I, I am hungry. But obviously, we know that being in that area, Japanese soldiers would not have been welcomed. So Earl felt compelled to say, you know what? Let me get you some food. And you have, you have any friends or family in the area? And he's like, yeah, I have some buddies that are actually stationed at Camp Shelley, which is one of the military bases there. And so he invited this gentleman along with some of his buddies. And the next day when Earl got home from work, he was surprised because on his front steps was a huge bouquet of flowers. And those flowers came directly from those soldiers who had not even yet experienced his hospitality, but they were so grateful. They had such a, a, a spirit of gratitude that somebody who didn't have to reach out to them chose to show them kindness. And then that night, there were over a hundred Japanese soldiers that joined Earl at his house for a barbecue. And those soldiers were, were just so grateful that they, they just wanted to be able to spend time with Earl. So he realized he couldn't keep all those people at his house you know, and, and he just didn't have the room for it. So he decided to rent a storefront downtown and created a social club for these men. So these men had a place where they felt like they belonged, like they had a place where they would be loved and heard and served. And unfortunately, because of the war, some of these soldiers had to then obviously go back um, and, and, re and go back into their assignment. And so he decided to write letters to them. And new soldiers came and went, and he wrote letters to those new soldiers. He wrote a total of 15,000 letters to these gentlemen. 
Now, Oral kept getting letters back and forth from these gentlemen as well as they would go and, and come back. And he would get letters saying that these gentlemen had gotten married and started families and they had sons. And they decided to name their sons Earl in his honor. Yeah. And we're not talking about like one or two or even five or six. We're talking about 1,500 babies were named Earl. <laughs> Think about that. So these soldiers decided to settle in Hawaii and they decided that out of the hospitality that they were shown, they wanted to show Earl hospitality as well. So they invited him to fly to Honolulu. And right there on the tarmac, as he opened the door to the plane, he was met by a parade and a band that led him all the way to the park where they had a huge party for Earl. And while he was there, he was greeted by 5,000 Japanese folks that he had impacted their lives. And these mothers of these babies would come and introduce Earl to Earl. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's funny because Earl never married. But hey, I bet he probably felt like the gr biggest grandpa in all the world because he had 1,500 Earls, you know, that were named after him. And in the end, he actually wound up moving to Hawaii because he wanted to continue in that spirit of hospitality, wanted to continue with his extended family. You know, hospitality is not easy. And we even read in God's word where Jesus and his family experienced people not being hospitable to them. You guys know the Christmas story. And in Luke chapter 2, we read where Mary and Joseph were trying to find a place because Mary was close to giving birth. And we know the phrase, there was no room for them in the inn. You guys have heard that before. And, you know, life in the first century Roman Empire really wasn't that different from life today when we think about it. You know, although we have uh, hotels and we have Airbnbs and motels and all these other places that people can go and stay, most of the time, most people won't look to somebody's private home because we live in a society that is self-centered and that's impersonal. You know, with the abundance of all these places that people can stay, we're not even inclined to bring somebody over our house. You know, and even when people entertain, sometimes it's for their own personal gain. As long as I can take a picture for the gram and then post it, it all becomes about them and not about the hospitality. And for the most part, we've taken the welcome mat, and most of you probably have a welcome mat in front of your house, and it says all the cute little funny little sayings that you can have. We take that welcome mat and we bring it inside. And instead, we replace it with another mat and we say, go away. Yeah. You know, the word hospitality, it's actually wedged between uh, two different words. You got the word hospital, which is a place of healing. And then you got hospice, which is a place of rest. Okay? And they come from the Latin word hospice, okay? which translates guests. But we also then see in God's word that the, the word for hospitality is philoxenia. And if you guys know that this is a compound word, philo, if you've ever heard that, that word, philo means love. Okay? It's one of the, the kinds of love. And xenia, you've probably heard of the word xenophobe, people who are afraid of strangers. Well, xena or, or xenia actually means strangers. So when you put it together, it's for you to have love for strangers. And the Bible days, strangers were actually synonymous with enemies. Like, and if you had an enemy, the one way to, to get rid of the enemy was to destroy them, to kill them. But how about we do it the opposite? Another way to deal with your strangers 
is to make them friends. And you know what? Hospitality does that. So think about it. When was the last time you invited somebody over to your house for a meal? When was the last time you actually shared with someone over a meal that you prepared or that you invited them to? How many of you have probably looked around here and be like, hmm, I've seen that person for the last few months, but I don't know them. You ever decided to go up to them and just say hello? Or even really come out of your comfort zone and say, would you like to come over to my house for, for a meal? Ooh, that's really scary, right? Yeah. How many, when was the last time you actually then just prayed over somebody? When was the last time you said, you know what? I want and I feel compelled to just pray over you because God has put you on my heart. And therefore, I want to be able to share God's word, God's love, and I want to be able to pray over you. Yeah, so this morning, what I want us to consider is I want us to consider what the Bible says concerning hospitality. And we're going to take a look, the roadmap for uh, this message is we're going to take a look at biblical instruction for hospitality, and then we're going to take a look at a couple of, of biblical examples and then see how it relates to us today. So what does the Bible say about hospitality? First, hospitality is really a mark of our faith. When you said yes to Jesus... It wasn't just about saying yes to Jesus. God wants us to go out there and to spread his love, his joy, and his grace with other people. So how are we supposed to do that? So on the screen, you'll see James chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And if you have your Bibles, you can open up to there. And it says, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace and be, keep warm and be well fed, but you do nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself that is not accompanied by action is dead faith. So when you sit there and say, oh, I love Jesus, but then you do nothing about it, it's as if your faith is dead. Faith needs to be accompanied by action. True faith in God expresses itself in some kind of committed action. It, it actually is, we can back up our words with our faith. What would be the point of saying all those nice, cute little words to somebody and you never follow it up with some kind of positive action or some kind of good behavior towards somebody else? Even in 1 Peter 4, 8 through 9, it says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Now, we all know from the gospel message that the only way to forgiveness of sins is through the shedding blood of Jesus Christ. He is the one, obviously, that forgives us of our sins. But it's because of that love that he had for us that that love covers a multitude of sins. And he says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. What's grumbling? Complaining, right? How many of you guys... I I gotta, these people are coming over to my house. I gotta go to ShopRite or Stop and Shop. I gotta clean my house. I gotta go do this. How many of you have ever felt like that? You probably, and people are laughing and snicking because you probably have experienced that. Yeah. Paul even mentions it in Romans 12, 13, where he says, share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Is, you guys notice the trend here? Is, is God suggesting these things to you? No, he's telling you. How many of you have children? How many of you tell them, go clean your room? Do you suggest that they cl go clean their room? It would be a nice idea if you clean this mess up for me. Anybody say it like that? No, you say go clean your room or else. Yeah, you guys have all probably done that. Or if, if you're not, if you're a child in here, mom and dad have probably said that to you as well. Yes, we don't, 
We don't suggest these things to our children. We're telling them, do this. God is telling us the same exact thing. John also affirms this in 3 John verses 5 through 8. He says, Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They've told the church about your love. These people are experiencing hospitality. They're experiencing love, and they're willing to then tell people about that. Okay? And then when you think about it, please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out receiving no help from the pagans, these other people who weren't willing to help them. We ought therefore now to show hospitality for such people so that they may work together for the truth. For many of us, God has given us a home that's a safe space. He's given us a haven. He's given us that place of rest. And others should feel just as welcomed and just as loved and just as served there. You know, and even Jesus expressed hospitality, uh, gratitude in his hospitality. In Matthew 25, verses 35 through 36, we read there, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was, I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was a stranger and you invited me in and I was sick and you looked after me and I was in prison and you came and visited me. When was the last time you cheerfully opened up your home to someone that was in need? But I think people also confuse hospitality with something that it's not. There's lots and lots of people that think that you need a spotless house in order to be able to invite somebody else. I remember growing up in a, in a home where, ya viene la visita, we got to clean up, right? You got, yeah, you're laughing because you know the visitors are coming, so you got to clean up. And then you'd have those special towels that were out that you couldn't touch. And then you had the, the, the special tchotchkes. Don't you dare look at those because that might, you know, get ruined as well. Yeah, you, you, we, we probably all grew up with homes that like, oh, we got people coming over. We got to make sure that all this is taken care of. But you know what? Most people don't even care about those things. We give ourselves these unrealistic standards. We give ourselves these ideas that people care about you having the perfect house, that perfect four-course meal for them. Instead, we need to show people our true home. We need to show them that their visit is not just a regular visit, that they are a part of our family. I'm going to bring my wife Ashley out, and isn't she cute? Yeah. Yeah. And so... I want you to think about this, babe. So when you, do you think about how God has shown you and has shown our family hospitality and then how we've been able to then also show others hospitality? What does that look like for you? Well, um, growing up, uh, I, my mom and dad um, took me to church and you know, grew up in a Christian home. But my mom and dad would always have people over, like always. Every Sunday, she, my mom would make these huge meals on Sunday and she never knew how many people were coming over. And um, so she showed me uh, what hospitality looked like. Uh, she wanted these people to see the love of Jesus, and she wanted these people to experience um, hospitality through uh, her and through our family. And if you speak to those people today that have been, that were growing up, had went to my house for lunch or dinner or spend the night or whatever, um, they will come back to me and they will say, oh my goodness, I remember being at your parents' house. I remember feeling their love. I remember seeing how they taught me how to love Jesus. And so as an adult, I want to do the same thing to, for my, my children. I want to teach them hospitality. And uh, 
For years and years and years, we never owned our own home. We always had people over. It doesn't matter if you own your own home or not. I don't want you to think that. But um, we finally bought our house a couple years ago, and we were able to, like, be comfortable and invite people in and show the love of Jesus to these people, to our life group, to uh, to friends and family and neighbors. And we just want um, these people that come into our home to experience Jesus' love, to experience um, what he did for us on the cross. And and um, I, my prayer is now that I want my hands to be open. I want so that it, when I get a phone call from a friend or a neighbor that says, can I come over, that I'm, I'm going to, I want, I don't want to be like, no, you can't, I'm tired. I want to be like, yes, my hand is open, my, my, my house is open, our door is open, you can always come over. Um, so, yeah. And that helps us build better relationships. Yes, right? yeah. it helps us build yeah. relationships, and they're like our extended family now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming up here. I love you. So when we think about this, the Bible is chock full of different examples of showing others hospitality. Genesis 18, you guys all know the the, uh, character Abraham, right? You guys know who Abraham is. Abraham had been settled in the wilderness with his family, and while he was looking out of the the, uh, curtain of his tent, he saw some, some strangers that were coming down the road. And he got so excited, he didn't even know who these people were, but he called for his wife and and for his servants to actually bring them food and bring them water and have a place for them to sit and for rest. And in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, we even see that it says, he entertained angels without even realizing it. He actually was in the presence of God in that moment when, when you think about it. You never know who it is that you're going to impact when you allow them into your home. Luke chapter 10 is also another prime example of two women that you guys all know very well, Mary and Martha, okay? And Mary and Martha, this is the same Mary and Martha that Jesus actually resurrected his, uh, their brother Lazarus, and they were so excited that he was going to come on over, and they wanted him to be able to come to their house for a meal and to spend time with him. And Mary sat at Jesus' feet while Martha was busy in the kitchen. And she was worrying about all the things that she needed to make sure were perfect. The meal needed to be perfect and the spread needed to be perfect. And she saw her sister Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and she got frustrated. And she says, Jesus, why don't you have Mary come help me? I'm in here busy and I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything by myself. And then Jesus responds to her, Martha, Mary has chosen what's right. Mary has chosen to take time to spend with me. And so Martha was frustrated, obviously, and she realized that it had nothing to do with the spread that she was going to put out. Her sister Mary had chosen what was best, which is to spend that quality time. People don't care about those crazy standards you have in your head before you serve them. They just want to spend time with you. And how many of, of you guys are those frustrated perfectionists just like Martha? I, I actually, and this is not just a, a lady thing. Even guys can experience being one of those frustrated perfectionists. I myself have experienced that. But I've learned that it's not worth getting yourself riled up about those things because all people want to do is spend time with you. 
And so I've got a couple modern-day examples of hospitality. I have a picture up here, actually two different pictures, of some folks, some of you might recognize a couple of them. You'll see my parents, Lemmy and Lillian Rodriguez. And then the other couple are Ashley's parents. That's David and Grace Osman. And so these two couples are beautiful examples of hospitality. I can remember when I was growing up, I would have friends who would come over to my house, and I just thought we were just the cool house, you know, because we had the cool snacks, and we, you know, we had, you know, Sega Genesis was the big thing at the time, and Super Nintendo, and I just thought that they just wanted to come over because of that. But I'm going to be 42 years old this year, and I still have friends till this day that say, I so appreciated being in your house, because you had something that I didn't have. You had family. You had parents who cared about you. You had parents who created a safe space for you. And I never really thought about any of that when I was growing up, but I think about that now, and it was out of the hospitality that my parents showed my friends that they, till this day, even still talk about that. Ashley also then talked about her parents, David and Grace, and Grace is a wonderful cook, and she would cook on Sundays, a big Sunday lunch, and she only had a family of five, but we could have anything from one extra person up to like almost 10 extra people at her table, and I don't know if you've ever experienced like a God miracle in your life, but definitely experienced a five loaves and two fish moment at Grace's table. Because you never knew how many people were going to be there. And when you would look at the spread, there were sometimes I'd be like, I don't think there's going to be enough for these people. And all of a sudden, we'd pass everything around. And everyone would be served. And everyone would eat. And everyone was full. And there was still food in the platter for the next day. That is God's blessing through hospitality. So you're probably wondering, okay, Derek, how how can I practice hospitality? How can I actually do this in a practical way? Well, first and foremost, welcome everyone that you meet. When was the last time you took a second to meet somebody new in this room? When was the last time you took time to just say hello to somebody? Extend that kind word. Share your time and your energy and your life with others. Jesus welcomed strangers and outcasts. It's where he loved to be. He didn't go to the rich people's houses. He went to exactly where the poor people were and where all the outcast people were. That's where he went. And he loved these people. And because he loves you, he wants you to share that same love because they're worthy of your time. Secondly, I want you to engage people. Invite people into a personal connection. You can invite them here. You can invite them to the Easter egg hunt. But when was the last time that you invited them on a personal connection with you? Not a social media connection, a personal connection. And thirdly, make meals a priority. Have you ever thought that some of Jesus' most striking moments dealt around food and dealt around meals? His first miracle was turning water into wine at a wedding with food. The Lord's Supper takes place around food. Some of his most striking moments. When was the last time you invited somebody and made them a meal or even paid for a meal? When was the last time you prayed over them Use that mealtime to build those relationships and to talk about things that truly matter. But the other thing that I want you to do is you need to pay attention. You need to pay attention to people. And think about it. When was the last time that you looked around you and thought about 
how can I show kindness to other people? You have no idea how the interaction with others can truly change their lives forever. You have no idea the impact that you can easily have on someone because of what you wind up doing in their lives. God is calling us to do this. God is calling us to humble ourselves. And you know what? Jesus was actually one of the most beautiful examples of humility and also of hospitality. In John chapter 13, we read that Jesus was actually sitting down at a meal table with his disciples. And while he sat there, his disciples saw him get up from the meal table, and he took a towel, and he wrapped it around his waist, and then he knelt right by them. And he began to wash their feet. He began to wash his disciples' feet one by one. And while he was washing his disciples' feet, one disciple, Peter, being Peter, because Peter was Peter, he realized, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus said, you don't know what I'm getting ready to do, but this is a part of my time that's ending here on earth. And so one by one, as he washed his feet, Peter said, no, you, you can't wash my feet. Washing feet was a menial task left for servants. And Peter couldn't wrap his head around his king coming down to earth to do a menial task for somebody here on earth. But he had to do it. And as he continued to wash his disciples' feet, Peter said, well, Lord, if you have to wash my feet, then I want you to wash my head and my hands because I'm not worthy. Guys, Christ calls us to hospitality. Christ calls you to be hospitable to other people. He wants you to show people humility and to show them hospitality. That's what generous love is. God showed you his generous love when he sent his son here to this earth to die on the cross for you. And because of that outpouring of that generous love, he calls us to do the same thing. He calls us to humble ourselves. He calls us to share his love with others. It's out of that heart of gratitude that we can then share with Jesus and share with others all that he's blessed us with. Practice hospitality. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much just for the privilege of being able to be up here with my Skyline family. Thank you that you've been hospitable to me and to my family. And because of that heart of gratitude, I can then go out and be hospitable to others. Thank you for giving us the most perfect example of what it is to show others kindness and love and to be generous with it. 
There's no end to your generous love. There's no end to how you choose us and how you love us. And we're just so grateful for all that you're doing in our lives. I pray now, God, that you would be with each and every one here, that you would inspire them, Lord, to just be kind, that you would invite them to show love, that you would invite them to bring others to feel welcomed, to feel served. And we're grateful that we get to do this each and every day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. In your name we pray. Amen.